Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thank you for joining me again for the hot lap post. Pa, 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 pa. I'm not recording this intro again. Podcast. Um, I'm, as ever, your slightly fucking slack-jawed host, Lee Stevens. Um, before we start talking about Formula One, which is what you're here to do, I want to get some stuff out of the way. Don't skip forward. It's not proper adverts. It's adverts just for me. Uh if you want to help the podcast out, go to Musty Audio on Patreon. I tried changing the name of Musty Audio, so it was just like Lee Stevens Content Creator. I can't do it, so it's still Musty Audio. I don't know whether I should rectify this or not. Um, if any of you aren't like uh, wants want to help the podcast out, but don't like use Patreon, like let me know. And if it's worth me opening like a subscribe star or something else, some of you freaks probably use OnlyFans. If you want me to do that, let me know. Not for pictures of me, for podcasts, because there is still stuff on OnlyFans that don't involve me getting naked and like rubbing myself erotically. So yeah, if if some of you guys want to help the podcast out, but you use different platforms and you don't just want to go to Patreon just to help me out, then let me know. And like I say, if it's if it's worth me, if it's worth worth, worth my while opening like new accounts, uh, I will do that. But otherwise, easiest thing for everybody. Go and use Patreon. Loads of people use Patreon. We know we hate it. It's like Facebook. We all hate Facebook. We still use it sometimes. Uh, if you want to speak to me talking about social media, I don't use Facebook for this, uh, but I do use Twitter and I do use Instagram on the reg. So if you want to speak to me on Instagram, I'm at a total shunt on Instagram. I'm not sure what my name is. It might just have Lee Stevens in the title at the moment as far as like profile name, but I'm sure at a total shunt will get you there. Uh, and on Twitter, I'm also at a total shunt. I believe my name on there is a variant of concern, Lee Stevens. Um, so yeah, if you want to follow me on social media, I've been getting loads of new social media followers lately. It's been great speaking to you. I've had loads of you reaching out to me, telling me how much you're enjoying the hot lap podcast. Um, Never feel bad about reaching out. Like, never feel like it's stupid. Cause I've, I had a couple of people say, "Oh, I didn't, didn't want to get in touch with you because they they thought it would sound like I was fanboying and stuff like that." Which is nonsense. I consider us all like a little community. The only difference is, is that one of us every week speaks for forty five minutes while the other listen like a cult leader. Um, uh, but but seriously, like, it's 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 really good. Like, it's it's good for me to know you guys are enjoying it. I'm enjoying doing hot lap. Uh, it's probably it's one of one of my most fun shows to do that I do. So uh, I'm glad you guys are, are into it as well. 
and all that type of stuff. Again, if you want to help the podcast out, which isn't monetary, isn't necessarily monetary wise, uh, you can do something as simple as sharing the podcast. Share the podcast, share, like, like it, leave a review. Reviews are so important because that's how we get higher up the iTunes chart, and that's how we catch up with like things like Missed Apex and Three Legs, Four Wheels. I mean, I'm already there anyway, but like, I'll take a civil war on. Um, and then you never know. We might be able to get ahead of WTF1. You know I'd like that. I'd like that very much. So anyway, let's get on to talk about Formula One, shall we? Because that's what we're all here to do. Um, this is a really weird thing to pop up as far as stories go because I was playing the Formula One video game the other day. Uh, I don't, like, I haven't been playing it for a while. Uh, I still, I think this is the first season. I'm, I'm, I've been in and out of it, if I'm perfectly honest. And I'm absolutely determined to at least finish a whole season of it. Because I can't remember whether I finished a season or not. I know this was a new season I started. Because I started the whole GP2 thing and then went to F1, went to McLaren. And I just won the World Drivers' Championship in McLaren and the... Uh, constructors is in the bag so i am i'm determined to get the season finished but i never play the challenges which is what i might change actually because i did one of the challenges which stuck me in one of fernando alonso's old renos now i was immediately hit by how little room they had in the cockpit how close their hands were together and how small the wheel was I mean, I realise it's a video game, so I'm not I'm not going like this. Oh, isn't isn't it fucking accurate? Because it's probably not. It's probably not accurate. But it it did feel like more nimble. Um, you could get it into corners better. It was more fun to play as that car than it was to play as a 2020 car. Um, and I think Lewis Hamilton thinks that as well. Um, see, the crazy thing about Formula One cars is. Like round about the V8 era, they were like 640 kilograms. Then when the cars changed in 2016, they went up to like 700 kilograms. And now we're at the 750 mark. So Lewis Hamilton has come out and said, I don't understand why the cars are getting heavier. Uh, particularly when, with all this talk about moving to a more sustainable future. I see, I'm, I'm, me and Lewis differ with this because... I can understand why cars would be getting heavier as far if, if they're going in the more sustainable way because you talk of batteries, top and bottom of it, batteries are heavier than fuel. Um, but he goes on to talk about how the the cars used to be lighter and more nimble and how it was easier to race them. So I just wondered what you guys thought about it. There is no, there's no real story here. It's not like it's, Lewis isn't sort of breaking anything like groundbreaking, but I couldn't help think that maybe. Maybe part of this new formula should have been to try and shrink the cars back down because I think the, oh, the, the there was an attraction to bigger cars, wasn't there? When when we had the new rules in, there was definitely an attraction of oh right, the like the cars are going to be much bigger. That'll be cool. But the more I've thought about it, is the more I I, I can't get past the fact that I really did like around the the 2000s, mid 2000s, even up to say like 2007, uh, 2008, even uh, when, where, when the cars were getting a bit bigger, but they, they, and they had all the aero and stuff on them. I like, look, people hate those cars. I think they look great. Like Lewis's um, McLaren, he won the world championship in with that front wing where it, it goes over the nose. And I'm not saying we should rely more on aero because, it's definitely something we need to get away from. But it, they, they just looked better. They looked like racing cars. And the idea of a racing car is to make something as small and light and as nimble as you possibly can. Um, I will, You know I'm very excited about the new rules, so I'm not going to start hating on the new rules before they even turn up. But... It's just something worth thinking about. So I'd like to know from you guys, what would you what would you prefer? Would you prefer these big hulking cars that we're going to have with the big wheels and the, um, we think the, they're, they're even going to start, probably, probably 
have more in common, I would have thought, with, say, like an old Mansell Williams next year than they have with, like, the 2008 cars I'm talking about, and 2005 cars even, like the really tiny ones. But we are having problems with places like Monaco, and we are having problems with overtaking, and you can make the cars race each other closely, and that's what they're hopefully trying to do. But having cars that could race each other clo- closely and just making the circuits bigger as far for overtaking at what bare purposes by shrinking the cars down, that feels like it should be the way forward. I do think sustainability and batteries gets in the way of that because with using like energy recovery and stuff, which if we're all perfectly honest, it's just fucking lip service when it comes to Formula One. Um, and... I would argue a gimmick when it comes to uh, Formula E because you can like the um, the racing in Formula E all you like. I go do you. I've tried watching Formula E. I can't get into it. If to me Formula E feels like a couple of steps above. Um, oh, what was it called? Formula A was it Formula A when they did the like the the nations and stuff like that. I just can't get into it, I'm afraid. But if you're enjoying it, great. But the top and bottom of it is, when they did a full lap around Monaco, um, the Formula E cars lapped at the same pace as around about 1960s Formula 1 cars. I know there's some of you that are going, oh, that's fucking, I don't believe that. It's fucking correct, because I checked it. Um and that's not to me that's not good that that suggests like for some to switch over i i would expect it to be much closer to to consider it viable for formula e does not look or feel like a premier racing class to me so take take that how you will i personally think that formula 1 should have gone down the road of not using energy recovery, not using battery power, and making fuel engines, like solid fuel engines, um, more... See, I don't want to say road-relevant, because I don't want it to be road-relevant. I'm not interested in being road-relevant. If road cars can borrow from Formula One, fucking great. It should be a test bed. But I, I don't like... It's, it's the same reason, like Formula E using road tyres. Fuck that. Put slicks on them put six on if you instantly got a better racing car so that that to me is a gimmick at that point if it's something as simple as merely just changing the fucking tires to actual racing tires you go watch sunday afternoon racing um like what uh, like you whatever your local like motorsports track is it could be bikes it could be cars it could be uh, it could be karting um none of them fuckers are going to be where are going to be using road tires because it doesn't make sense for racing. They're not for fucking racing. That's why they're called road tyres. Um, so, yeah, like uh, the, the but this idea of taking the um, uh, electronic recovery out of Formula 1 cars, making the, um, the engines as fuel efficient as humanly possible, like so, you know, it's like it's a minuscule amounts of fuel that can still make cars go like touching at like two hundred and like thirty miles an hour in a straight line that have these ridiculous um, acceler- acceleration, and I I'm convinced you can mitigate that with with weight, like weight to uh, carbon footprint if you want. Um, I'd like to, well, like I said, I'd like to know what you guys think. Personally, I think the uh, like electric cars, especially for racing, is like it's a step sideways or diagonally, maybe not not forward. It's like diagonally until we start using hydrogen, and that's that that's the future of um, fuel for me. Because or, or unless we can think of something else, it's two things with hydrogen. Um, it's gonna be it. It's easier to um, not easier to obtain. It's quite difficult. That's a problem. But it's easier to like put into your vehicle because you can still use the similar delivery methods to how we've been used to using fuel all the time, and it's faster to fill your car up than it is charging something. Even now, look at your phones. It still takes. I a. I mean, obviously, if you've got a good USB C phone like Android. 
um, Apple don't seem to be getting on board with this just yet. But uh, you can plug a USB-C cable into your phone and charge it in an hour to like full, like 100%, which is great. But it's a phone. But I don't use that. So I've got an, I've got an Apple, Apple uh, device. And if I leave that on for an hour, I've probably got like 20%, 30%, something like that. You know, it's the, the technology isn't there for like rapid charging um, cars. And then you've got the disposal of the batteries and stuff like that. So it's, I'm not, I'm not being a, a fucking, we shouldn't do anything about climate change because there is definitely environmental issues that we, that we need to look at. I would fall more towards um, waste than I would climate change. I think the two help each other, help each other out a lot, but what are you going to do with all the batteries guys? Can't, we can't recycle these things and we're producing lots of batteries. Seems odd to me. But that's just my fucking 50 pence worth. So if you'd like to tell me what sort of Formula One cars you think we should be driving and if the new rules are doing enough or too much, then like let me know. Or too, enough or too little, let me know. We're going to stick with Lewis Hamilton for a little bit because he's the world motherfucking champion. Um, he said he doesn't want to race past 40. Past 40. Um, now, he is... Uh, how old is Lewis? He's older than... He's younger than I am. I'm 38. I'm 39 in July. Is Lewis 36 or 37? Let's look. Lewis. How, oh, I didn't even need to put Hamilton in. That's how famous Lewis Hamilton is is that you don't actually have to put his name into a search engine. You just put Lewis. I, I, I fucking did it on Twitter. God, fucking, fuck it. Why? Have your fucking, have your birthday on Twitter, Lewis. Help me here. Oh, no, Twitter was the first recommendation. Don't worry, guys, we're getting there. We're getting there. It's all padding. Right, Lewis is uh, 36 years of age. Uh, on January as well. So, yeah, he's actually 36. It's not even like he's got a, a birthday coming up to Purim um, at 37 soon. So he's uh, he doesn't want to race past 40. Now, I think... Um, I think he's... Uh, He's probably on to something. I think mo- most drivers that stick around after 40 are probably, probably on their way out. You know, it's, it seems to be the, it seems to be the time when it's, it's time to go. I'm, you know, I'm happy Fernando's back. I know that's what you're going to say. But Fernando, you wanted Fernando and you were happy when Jensen Button was there. Yeah. But, um, that's what it is. I'm fucking fanboy sometimes, aren't I? We all fanboy a little bit here and there. Um, but he's he went on to say that he thinks the future of Formula One is in good hands with uh, drivers like Carlos Science Verstappen. He singled out Lando Norris and George Russell as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I I think the I think the future of Formula One looks good, and it it does bring me back to like last week when one of our uh, Listeners uh, said that they thought Verstappen might be the um, the best driver never to win a world championship. I couldn't. I, 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 I it's been bouncing around my little head forever. That because and it's still. I th- I think he might be onto something unless unless something seriously happens because. I think we, if Formula One does what Formula One is trying to do, these new rules are trying to stop um, a single team. Like they're trying to grind the rules down to a point where a team can't run away with a championship. Now, is this, when we look back on it, and especially coming out of Baku with that tyre explosion for um, Max Verstappen, are we going to look at this as the this was the year that Max could have been world champion. Because it's people keep turning around and saying, oh, well, he's so young. He's so young. But there's there seems to be a certain amount of time that people can stay in Formula One. 
before their heads start to drop where they can they can keep doing because this is the thing even if you do something really good let's think of it in porn stars that's a good way to break this down um everybody like regardless of what your sexual orientation is everybody loves a bit of nookie all of us every one of us it's one of our favorite things it's inbuilt in us but when you watch um like documentaries about porn stars and stuff like that. I'm a sucker for a documentary about porn. Don't know where it is. Like these these uh, gals and guys are fucking broken by the end of it, and they have they they don't have a relationship like we do with that sort of thing. Formula One, I think, would be the same. Just dragging it back in, is that you can't even something that you really really enjoy doing it. If you do it week in week out day after day after day and you are not only just doing the same thing all the time but you're building your life around that one thing i can understand how it gets a bit much and it makes me wonder whether that's these young guys that are coming into formula one especially like especially max verstappen he's so young when you you know it's like comparable in age to like lando and george and charles but he's been around the block. He's you know, he's an established Formula One driver. You know, it's, we're only looking at people like George Russell and Lando as being established now. You know, it, it was only because of how well Lando's doing this year. I think he's sealed his uh, he's sealing his place in Formula One. You know, for for a long time. But we knew we we know Max Verstappen's going to be on the grid for a long time. So what happens? Does he, do people like him and Carlos that have been here for, for, for a while, instead of he hitting the ceiling of wanting to get out of Formula 1 at 40, will he be at, 30, at 33 going, I can't see myself being in Formula 1 past 36. So will these young guys end up retiring earlier? And that means, that brings me back to whether Max Verstappen is going to look back at this year and think, oh, it was my opportunity. It was my opportunity when I only had I only had Lewis to worry about. Now it's like twenty twenty three or something like that, where the rules have worked, and he's like he's got like Lewis maybe still, George maybe next to Lewis, um, Lando in McLaren with maybe Daniel Ricciardo, maybe somebody else by then, title contending. Who knows what Austin Martin will, will be doing at that point. You know, there's teams there that want to challenge and have and will hopefully have the opportunity to challenge Ferrari. Obviously, Ferrari aren't aren't going to stay where they are. They're going to be title contenders again at some point. Is Max going to look back on this and think that was the year and it was the tire blow up that really fucked it for me? Well, yeah, but Lewis, a Formula One with it's it's strange, isn't it? When you get somebody like Lewis, I, mean, I remember Michael Schumacher retiring. Um, it's strange to think about Formula One without somebody like Lewis Hamilton. Uh, I don't think it'll be disastrous for the sport. I don't think anyone leaving. I don't think it was disastrous when Schumacher left. Uh, I don't think it was uh, disastrous when she, when uh, Senna like died. As far as the sport goes, for people watching the sport, I think people still wanted to watch the sport. I don't think people stopped watching just because uh, Senna wasn't there anymore. Um. Now, you know, it's obviously by saying I don't think it's disastrous. It doesn't mean I think it was a good thing. I just don't think it affected like the like the long term viewership of Formula One. I don't think anybody. I don't think anybody retiring or dying or turning into a pure, being a pure energy and joining the sun. I don't think any of that really matters as far as Formula One goes. Uh, George Russell. There's two George Russell things here. Uh, I will. Start off because this was an actual article and we'll talk about that and then lead into the speculation. Uh, George Russell does not believe that if he fails to score a point with Williams in 2021, it will be a failure of a season. Um, the, the only I've only really brought this up because it leads me into the speculation bit in the middle. Mid, in, in the bit. I didn't just want to open by saying a guy fucking passed me a piece of paper in a pub and that said speak to this guy and he said this about George Russell um 
I totally agree with him. I th- I don't, you know, it's if George Russell doesn't score a point this year, it's not because um, he's not capable of doing it. It's because the car is f- fucking dreadful, isn't it? You know, it's not as dreadful as it's been, we don't think. It looks like a better Formula One car. Apparently, they have changed the um, barge boards or not barge boards. They've changed part of that car to make it less sensitive, less peaky in aero. Uh, uh, I, they've, I think they fucked that concept. To be perfectly honest, they had this. It makes me wonder whether they pa- they passed the races already, where they thought they could be competitive, and they weren't quite as competitive as they thought they might have been if they just built a car for those circuits. Um. So hopefully that will fix some of the problems that George Russell's had probably won't it's probably going to end up down there with the asses for the rest of the year um but what one thing i did find was interesting was when he was talking about it not being a uh uh like a big deal he, he did say psychologically like coming home with like a 13th is difficult to um is difficult to to take as a good result because but some days coming home 13 is the absolute maximum they can do um but you know these guys have they've been in like motor racing for years especially George Ross he's been like a winning machine if you look back at his old his old career so it's I, I think it's tremendous the commitment he can keep up to be perfectly honest I thought this when his car broke at Baku when he was stopping the marshals because he wanted to get underneath and have a look at what was going on with it so when he got back to the garage he could say listen guys I saw this this and this so the just just that that level of um, commitment, even when he knows he probably can't can't score points, I, I I think he'll be an absolute phenomenon when he gets in a good car. Um, he did turn around and say like that point points for us is effectively a win for McLaren. If McLaren goes the whole season without winning a race, do you think McLaren would consider that rate that season a failure? And I think that's bang on it's such a good attitude to have and i hadn't thought about it that way until i read it you know it's mclaren having a great season this year i do genuinely believe that lando norris is going to find a win at some point this year he's just the guy that's there waiting at some point uh lewis and max are going to take themselves out that is absolutely going to happen 100 percent. i can't wait because the fireworks are going to be amazing um Bottas, I I think, is a fading force. And for what I'm going to say in a minute, I think it's only going to get worse for him over the year. Um, Perez is there. So, you know, he could be the guy that capitalizes on it. But the consistently this year, the guy that seems to be in the positions to capitalize when something goes wrong with the big teams is Lando Norris. And I do think he's going to get an opportunity. Maybe Monza. I think McLaren are going to be really, really competitive in Monza. Um, so I look forward to him hopefully slamming a bottle of champagne on top of the uh, top of the f- top step of the podium. Back to George Russell. The uh, the rumor that's fly- flowing around is that's been reported by Sky Italy and a few other like independent F F one journalists. It's not been on lights of Autosport yet, but I I feel that things like this have to creep up through some of the guys which are more willing to take a risk than places like Autosport. But apparently, come Silverstone, uh, which as it stands at the moment will be a full Grand Prix with capacity with a with a capacity of like half or something like that. I think I don't think it's quite a full house. Um, why you can't have racing? even with um, the virus that shall not be named, uh, I don't understand why you can't have the outside. Outside transmission appears to be very low. Um, Cut fucking hospitality. Like, socially distance people at bars. Don't have tents. Uh, Like, half capacity with with spaced seating and stuff like that. Uh, I don't understand why we can't have some people at Silverstone it's uh it will be it will be a real shame if we can't but um we're all going to find out what's going on in the uk what's what's happening to england sorry technically i'm part of the uk but we kind of we kind of blaze our own path um 
yeah, we're going to find out what's going on for you guys in England tomorrow, I believe. So that will show us what's going on for uh, with Silverstone. But the idea is that apparently Mercedes are going to confirm Lewis Hamilton and George Russell for next year. And my, my, am I excited about the idea of that. I think Lewis is going to have his hands full with George Russell. That is especially starting to, if he was to come in, this is why I think it might be better off if Bottas stays there this year for George. Because if George was to come into, into Formula One, he would win a race. I fucking guarantee that. This year he would win a Grand Prix. But his job will be, look, you can't win the World Championship. Lewis is going to win the World Championship. You need to come in as a supporting driver. That might not be the best thing for George Russell. The best thing for George Russell might be coming in at the beginning of next year. And this is why I think anybody can change teams next year. Even joining Red Bull next year wouldn't be a bad idea because they can't build cars for one person. They're just going to have to build a good form. I mean, don't get me wrong. They might develop the car for the, for the other driver through the course of the season. But when you've got such a big rule change, they don't know what the differences are going to be. So they can't, it's not like that Max can say, I need more rear end. I need more. I need it to be more on the nose because they could develop a car on a wish where the person that's wishing for it doesn't quite know what they want. So for George to join next year, I think it's the perfect time for anybody to overthrow their teammate. And yeah, I I would have, if George goes to Mercedes next year, I would have a cheeky fiver on him winning the world championship. A cheeky fiver. Uh, And maybe, maybe next year that would be the time when Lewis decided to either leave Formula One if someone comes into his team that gives him some hassle. Maybe he decides to go somewhere else. Maybe he decides to go to Ferrari, try and turn Ferrari around before he leaves Formula One. But I do like the the idea of... The, the only... I can't think of anything more exciting, to be perfectly honest. Maybe Max um, a Max Lewis... Um, partnership would be interesting i think it would be unworkable but i think it would be interesting um this is why i think you uh whoever said last week that um it would maybe max verstappen won't win a world championship this is why i think he might be right because i think george russell is better than max verstappen and if george can get himself in a competitive car i think that means uh, Magnussen, God no Verstappen might find himself always with a Lewis Hamilton I mean uh, Lando Norris as well there's there's people inside uh, Formula 1 believe that just the way he drives there is a bigger uh, there's a bigger element for improvement than there is with Max Verstappen I don't know if this is fucking driver coaches talking they know their shit, I'm just repeating that shit because I want it to be correct and if you if you keep saying something long enough, you manifest it into reality. That's the rules. I can't fight science, but yeah, uh, George Russell to Mercedes would be fucking great. Uh, quick clarification on the Mazepin beers. People have been saying Mazepin has to join the Russian army. Uh, it turns out that this has been a mistake. Um, it seems to be a mistake uh, that where people have who the people that have been reporting this have just got what this whole Russian national service thing is. Uh, apparently, there's two types. I'm going to try and there's quite a lot to read here, so I'm going to try and paraphrase it. It might be right. I might. I'm going to try and get it as right as I understand it. So if I do get it wrong, just fucking correct me. I'm sorry. I'm not Russian. I have no intention of joining any army. Um. Everyone has to do from the uh, between 18 and 27, like a year's national subscription, but there are two different types. Uh, it's mandatory, but there's two ways of serving it. You either go into the, to do like a year's service in the Russian army, or they have something called the elite army, uh, which is where if you're, if you do something like particularly well, like science or entertainment or I don't know, 
game formula one um you can opt to do this extra thing so instead of doing a year's national subscription you do three years um where you study one one day a week and you essentially become what they call a reserve officer uh, but it's it specializes differently like um, Mazepin is doing e- uh, economy and language so he's already been doing this for two years so he he has to do another like year of day release essentially so that's there's no Mazepin's not going to evaporate and go and join the army it's not going to happen I'm terribly sorry for all you people out there which despise Mazepin um, I'm st- I still find I, I I think if he doesn't pick himself up, he probably doesn't deserve in Formula One. Um, and this is a, it's a bad sort of, it's a bad look for Formula One. I think both Mazepin and, if Mazepin had come in and been good, it wouldn't have mattered so, so much how he got there. But it's, when you've got two guys like Stroll and Mazepin, which if you take their money and fathers away, they have absolutely no, no, no place being in Formula One. Then, it's not a good look, is it? But he's going to be here for a long time. I still don't think there's a... Uh, I don't think it's a ridiculous guess to say that not only is he going to be in Formula 1 for a while, even next year he might be in Formula 1 driving a Mazepin Grand Prix car as well. Uh, that'd be quite, quite cool, to be perfectly honest, to have, you know, back in the days where people used to have, like, enter enter teams into Formula 1 with their names. So it might be quite cool to have, like, a player manager on the uh, on the field. But uh, all I'm saying is don't get excited about Mazepin disappearing. Uh, Alonso has said that the last couple of races have flattered his rivals. Um pointing out that he feels Ferrari have benefited most from this. Uh, he expects to be more competitive, all that sort of jazz, but I just really brought this up because of the Ferrari thing. Uh, if Do you think that Ferrari have leaped themselves into being best of the rest after like getting two pole positions and strong finishes? Or do you think that uh, they, they're here to... They're, 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 fuck, where are my words... Do you think they're best of the rest or do you think that they're not best of the rest? And they're probably in around the mid-grid. McLaren might jump ahead of them and they'll be battling battling Alpine and Aston Martin. I think so. I don't think Ferrari have all of a sudden fixed it in the same way as I don't think all of a sudden Mercedes have drifted backwards. We might as well have a a little conversation about competitive order um, in a bit because I've got a question about that actually. But yeah... um, I I just think that Ferrari are such a they're such a dominant force that you just expect them to be up there. So when they're up there, they're used to it. But I do I I don't think the the circuits like the more classic tracks we're going to are gonna are gonna suit Ferrari. Um, Fernando Alonso did say at the end, which I quite liked. Uh, um, it's the things that uh, they keep repeating every weekend. Uh, he said, I, uh, because I was, I was, uh, people were saying I was struggling a lot and comparing me to other drivers uh, that have changed teams this year, like Daniel Ricciardo. I don't think that's fair because, uh, because there is a very big difference on their struggles compared to what I'm having. I was never worried because I knew it was just a matter of time. So Alonso's kind of pointing out there that he thinks he's on top of this car and he thinks he's back on top of like on top of his teammate. And I hope he is. And I just thought I'd throw that in because it's a bit of good Alonso news. Anyway, to your questions. Uh I didn't give you much chance for questions this weekend after that fucking haul of questions we had uh last year. Anyway, from Chad Champion on uh, Twitter. Uh, now we have. Uh, now we're going to more normal tracks. Will Hamilton just run away with another championship gradually, like 2017, 2018, or does Max have a solid chance of winning it? Also, do you think Red Bull have gone uh, all out on this year's car development uh, more than others? Um, I'm. 
I'm not sure it's just Red Bull that have gone. We'll answer that first. I'm not sure it's just Red Bull that have gone all out. Let's not forget that um, they're actually running like 2022 spec parts on their car, which is it's it's a really good sign if they can keep that up because you know it's it, Red Bull are going into such odd territory. I believe they've hired 50 engine staff from up and down the grid. 50 that's a lot of people to be doing you know it's that let's not forget that that car next year is going to be a red bull red bull red bull powered by red bull given wings by red bull that is absolutely going to be tied into marketing somewhere isn't it um so yeah i'm i'm not sure on the development side of it the because uh, realistically the the development at the beginning of the year this this part of the year isn't a huge surprise what would be surprising if they was to carry on developing the car like past the mid-season break which is when i think most teams will call a day on this year and focus fully towards 2022 on the lewis hamilton front i don't know i can't quite work it out if if lewis hadn't finished um that the race last weekend or oh, and he finished out of the points, and Verstappen would have won it. I think that might have been too big a points difference to overhaul unless something drastic happened. I think uh, Verstappen could have nursed that lead over the course of the season if he if he thought, if he chose to. Um on the other hand, I do wonder whether Mercedes will be better at more tracks than Red Bull and we are going to look back at that race and go, that was the one. Verstappen lost the World Championship in Baku because his tyre blew up. So, I I mean, I hope not. I, I We will know in three races, I think, in these next like back-to-back-to-back races, we're going to know how the, how the championship's going to go. If Lewis wins all three, yeah, it's game over, isn't it? Even if he wins two, to be perfectly honest, if uh, if Verstappen comes second and then, and wins one, I think it's going to just prove the fact that over the course of a season, Lewis is probably going to like get bet- more big results out of his car. Uh, the advantage Red Bull have, and I I I, th- I think this is a huge advantage as well, probably more important than car. So I'll. Uh, I'll contradict myself here by saying that uh, Max might have might have lost the race in Baku, but sorry, my championship in Baku. But they have two drivers, so it's it's going to be where Valtteri can be as well. Valtteri has to be up there. He has to be up there within a couple of seconds of the leaders. He can't just drift back, especially if Perez has sorted himself out. And he is going to. It's it's just the the complete opposite of number two drivers, isn't it? You've got Bottas, which appears to be in the bin, just come off Baku, couldn't couldn't even get up onto the podium with, with a car that was capable of it, couldn't get into the points with the car he had. Just off it, off it all race. Desperately hoping when they, they were sending the car back, I take it there was nothing wrong with that car because we didn't hear anything about it all week and he was desperate to get that car back so they could find out what, what the problem was, find out why he wasn't fast and it appears to be because he just wasn't fast. But what happens to a championship if you've got two drivers on one for the whole year? It's... It's something Lewis hasn't had. Like I say, Lewis hasn't actually been challenged for a world championship since Rosberg. He's never been challenged for one of the championships. He's won by two drivers, really. There's all you know. Even the the close championships he had with Sebastian Vettel, he was fighting Vettel and a wounded Kimi. So, if Perez is up there, ready to take podiums, ready to take points off Lewis. Maybe Lewis can't win this championship unless that car is significantly faster than the Red Bull. But we, like I say, we're going to find this out, I think, over the next three races. The next three races are probably the most, for us, just wanting to enjoy Formula One. You know, it's I'm not a Lewis Hamilton fan. I'm not a Max Verstappen fan. I've really got no skin in the game with who wins this world championship. Um, So I just want a nice, close fight. And maybe them take each out a couple of times. 
you know, it's I want maximum drama, maximum drama, and whoever comes out at the end, fucking, I will doff my cap to whichever one you are. And I want Lando to win a race at some point. That's all I really want. So, uh, yeah, I've no idea. Logic would dictate that Lewis Hamilton will win this world championship. Mercedes haven't forgot how to win world championships. He's the best driver on the grid, I think. Uh, he's at least, I think, the best driver in a top team and the best driver fighting for the world championship. I think he's better than Verstappen. I don't, I, even if you put them in the same car, I think Lewis would still win. Um, but how does he do that against a guy which is almost as good as him? Don't get me wrong. Like Verstappen is so close to say to the to the level Lewis Hamilton is at. Uh, I think he's maybe a bit more emotional than Lewis. I think Lewis seems to be able to keep himself cooler, and it's something he couldn't do when he was Max. Well, maybe not Max Verstappen's age, but when he'd been in Formula One for the same amount of time Max has been in, he couldn't do that. So it's something that I think will come to Max. But um, yeah, I think Lewis is just the all-round more mature, more complete driver. Like what we used to say about uh, Fernando Alonso, he is a complete Formula One driver. But um, we'll just have to we'll have to see over the next few races. As I keep fucking repeating myself, and I will stop doing that immediately. Uh, got some questions on Instagram. Um, this is from M. I mean, what's with these names? S T R I J K. No fucking idea. M will call you. Well done with your work with James Bond. Um, what are you going to do to keep yourself entertained for the French Grand Prix? I think the French Grand Prix will be fine. I think it will be entertaining uh, enough to where we, you know, it's it's fine. I don't, I don't think it's going to be like a real snooze fest that we've had before. So... I I still stand by uh, by that we're kind of in a slightly different place going to France this year. If the Mercedes and Red Bull are close, we will have a good race. That's that's as simple as that. Um, but if one of them runs away with it, yeah, we're obviously going to have a terrible France. There's still DRS zones, you know. There's still if if one of the cars is close enough to get a good slipstream, and that Mercedes that Mercedes was good in a slipstream last weekend you know we're used to saying the mercedes can't follow other cars but seemed to be the best car at following i think that's interesting it's almost like they knew they were going to have more of a challenge this year and knew they had to do something um last comment is from and uh and kit dandu whatevs why can't you just be called james uh, if McLaren uh, becomes the team to beat uh, next year will it be close between uh, norris and ricardo uh uh, or do you think one will win convincingly? Oh, I don't know. I, don't, I mean, from right now, you would go, yeah, well, Lando's going to fucking spank him, isn't he? And that, that was the thing for Ricardo last last weekend. R- Ricardo looked like he was, he'd got his head around it, and he looked like he was going to do it, but it actually turned out in qualifying, Lando up until his final race, and probably, to be perfectly honest, on his final lap, underperformed slightly to what the car could do. And um, the, the, right, the the Ricardo resurgence just doesn't seem to have happened yet. You know, he was he was at sea in the race. So I don't know. I don't I don't quite know where. Uh, Ricardo goes from this, and if he like, if if he if he can't do something this year, how do you recover from that? How do you recover? Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you recover from that. If he if he just does a year where he's spanked by the future of Formula One or one of the futures of Formula One, I would predict that once he's been in McLaren for a whole year. And they they go into next season, which is going to be kind of a reset. I think we'll get a decent Daniel Ricciardo. I still think there's a world championship in Ricciardo if he's given the machinery, but I also think there's a world championship in Lando. Uh, Logic would dictate Ricciardo could get on top of it. 
But also, um, he is going to be the aging Formula One driver up against the guy which has got less to lose. You know, it's Lando, if Lando beats Ricardo this year, if all of a sudden um, Ricardo beats Lando over the course of a year, what's happened? A young teammate was beaten by a slightly more experienced teammate. But if Lando does it again, if Lando, if Lando beats um, Daniel Ricardo. Next year, that I think, I think Daniel's done. If I'm perfectly honest, I think that'll that'll kind of be the end. Because especially if he like the beginning of the year, if he's still X amount of seconds behind Ricardo, uh, behind Norris, you know, it's he is hemorrhaging points for McLaren right now. There's no no ifs or buts about it. The two guys that are doing worse as far as compared to teammates this year appear to be or struggling the most appear to be Daniel Ricardo. And Valtteri Bottas. We want Valtteri Bottas to lose his seat and let a younger guy in. So the only reason we wouldn't be saying the same thing about Daniel Ricciardo this year is because we like Daniel Ricciardo more. And I want him to do well. But if he can't over the course of a season, I think he'll be in threat of losing his seat. And that has been a just under 50-minute Hot Lap podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Do all the stuff I said at the beginning of the podcast uh, when it comes to uh, like the following and sharing and subscribing. Do all that stuff. Do every single one of them. And I will be back to you after we have enjoyed the French Grand Prix. Goodbye, my friends. Find more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk. Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.